club, you worship my jam right there. Turn around, preach. Yeah, what's the difference? You didn't get anything out of it. Well, you might have got something, but nothing compared to what you'll get when you do this. Try that one good time. Just lift your hands up before the Lord, just like that. Father, I just receive. I just thank you. I want to worship you. I want to praise you. I glorify you. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for waking me up in my right mind and my good health. Thank you, Father God, for protecting me and my family and my whole household. Thank you, Father God, for traveling mercy. Thank you for food on our table, clothes on our back, a roof over our head. Thank you, Father God, for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your word, Father God. Thank you for revelation of your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for never leaving me and forsaking me. I guarantee you do that for about five or ten good minutes. It's going to cause you to go into worship. I tell you something, exercise, Joanne, and I was sharing with Joanne uh, earlier this week about the way that God delivered me from issues I dealt with for most of my life. And he did it. And this is how he did it. He just gave me a greater revelation of his love towards me. So I'm telling you about the incident because I still remember the day, the time, where I was, exactly what happened. And I started talking to her. I said, because he loves me, because he loves me, because, and I said it about four, five times, before I knew it, I was so full, I was about to take off. And I couldn't go to sleep for another three hours. I was just surprised. God, thank you, Jesus. You love me so much. 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 And it was the revelation of his love for me, which was brought me out of that situation. I didn't know how to get out. I tried. But his love for me, a revelation of his love for me and towards me is what brought me out in the name of Jesus. And he said he'll do, he's prepared to do that with you today if you make yourself available. You're not waiting on God. God waiting on you. That's what I said. God's waiting on you. You're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Glory to God. I want to welcome you all to, to the depot. Glory to God. Welcome to the depot, a.k.a. Faithful Life Center. That And, and starting... Uh, March the is March the first. Uh, March the first, we will be uh, known as Ignite Depot. So we will be officially uh, Ignite Depot, and all the all the logos and stuff, all that will change. Uh, everything is holy. Are you Lord? He says one more time, Father. Just lift your hands up one more time. He's not done with somebody. Just lift your hands up one more time, Father. I just believe I receive. Say it. I believe I receive all that you have in store for me. I receive it right now. I thank you for it. You're more than enough. You're the God of more than enough. You're the Lord thy God who heals me. You delivered me. Set me free. Made me whole. Turned me around. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today is day one. Today is day one. See, last week, yes, sir, he says today is day one. It doesn't matter what your situation or your circumstance or situations were. He says today marks day one. See, anytime you go through a rehab program and everything, the first step that they say to you is, 
you know, do you acknowledge that there is a higher, they call it a higher power. We know that power is, there's only one high power and his name is Jesus. There is, there, is, there is a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord means supreme in authority and supreme in character. So the first step is to acknowledge the fact that there is a higher power. Well, the first step is acknowledge that you got a problem. Because until you acknowledge the fact that you have a problem, you will continue to go around that same mountain again and again and again and again and again. But guess what? The moment you say, I acknowledge the fact I have a problem, then you, the next step is acknowledging the fact that there is a higher power. You believe that Jesus is Lord. You believe that there, Jesus is alive. He went to the cross, buried your, your sins and iniquities on, and every sickness and disease on, his, on Calvary's tree. And by his stripes, you're healed, not only healed, you're made whole, you're made free, you are clean, you are delivered. Then you have day one. Now, day one is, is to remember everything you just remembered from the very beginning. First and foremost, yes, I did. I acknowledge the fact I have a problem. That's the first step. Second step is realizing that there is a higher power or a higher being that's able to deliver me out of this situation, out of these circumstances, out of these trials, out of these tribulations that's higher than me, and his name is Jesus. Second part is to remember that on the next, that first day, you got to remember that part right there. I know that Jesus has already paid the price and buried all this and carried all these sins, iniquities, and transgressions on Calvary's tree just for me. Are y'all with me? And see, the thing about it is, we've been talking about we will not be silent and we will not be quiet and we will not hold our tongues. But guess what? I'm here to tell you today in the name of Jesus and by all the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of me that don't go back. Don't go back. See, a lot of times what's happening is people have made decisions to say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to stop doing this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to begin eating this way, and I'm going to begin exercising, and I'm going to stop lying, and I'm going to stop drinking, I'm going to stop smoking, I'm going to stop hormoning, I'm going to stop looking at a little bit of porn, I'm going to stop lusting after my secretary, I'm going to stop doing all these things, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop, and they make that one decision on that one day, and then three days down the road, five days down the road, six months down the road, you stop making that one decision. But guess what I'm here to tell you today is day one. Today is day one. I know June and I, we have done this, even at each phase of our life, we have said today is day one. Do you know how many day ones we have had? And sometimes we had to have day one to reset the clock from day one from a decision that we made that we did not keep with one another. Today is day one. The world will say that today is Valentine's Day. But man, if you understood this, the, about Valentine, and, well, about Cupid, that is, and Cupid is not a fat little baby flying on a prowl with a harp with arrows. Cupid is actually a demonic spirit that went around with arrows and shooting it at people to cause them to get into an arrows type of love or, or uh, erotic type of love so people would just have sex with anybody. 
It was against their will. They didn't ask for Cupid to do it. He just went around doing that. Go back and, and uh, um, the goddess of fertility. It was, it was her son, the goddess of fertility. And that's what he went around doing. Shooting arrows at people to cause to make it an arrow slow. Sexy, erotic type of love. I'm not trying to mess up your Valentine. If you already bought your boo some Valentine candy and roses and everything. I'm not saying that. I'm, I mean, if you want to honor her, you can honor her or honor him. But what I'm saying is, is if you're going to celebrate something, know what you're celebrating and why. Are you still listening to me? You haven't disconnected from me yet, have you? You haven't, you haven't talked about, boy, I tell you what. If I knew he was going to talk about that today, man, I shoot, I would have picked it up from Sunday to pick the, the God, the glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Now, here we go. Here we go. Today is day one. Turn to your neighbor and say, today is day one. Today is day one. Now, let me make this declaration. We're going to jump right in. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me for his anointing me. To preach good tidings to the meek, he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain, and open to the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them the morning Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and we thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but, Father, let it be a demonstration of spirit and power, that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. I know you're already here. Continue to move up and down each and every row, touching each and every person, touching each and every household that's looking at, watching this message, whether live or in recording or listening to it by way of podcast. Father God, we thank you that there is no distance in the spirit. We thank you for miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit today. May you be glorified, honored, and praised. In Jesus' name, let us all say amen. amen. Now, somebody, I, I have a word of the Lord for you this morning. This is This is the word of the Lord this morning. And this is what he said. He gave this, to, I believe it was on Wednesday. He gave me this and said, share this with on Sunday. He says, if you come, with preconceived ideas, thoughts, theories, where your mind is already made up on what you believe you know and understand, it will be hard for you to receive anything new from me. Pause and think about that for a second. If you come with preconceived ideas, thoughts, theories where your mind is already made up on what you believe you know and understand it will be hard for you to receive anything new from me why you have come he says you have to come as little children who whose hearts and mind is open if you come just to see 
if what your favorite preacher or teacher said and will not accept what I'm saying, this is the father, saying to you today, except it matches what your favorite teacher or preacher has already said, it will be hard for you to hear from me today. He says, my word says that like newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And the reason so many people are being defeated is because they can't recognize my voice from the voice of their favorite teacher or preacher. So they don't know when I'm saying to shift or to turn around or to stop. So when tests and trials come, they're all over the place because they haven't heard, they haven't learned how to separate my voice from the noise in the world and also in their heads. So each time you open my word or hear my word being taught, you must come like a little child with an open heart and an open mind and not with preconceived ideas so that your heart remains open to hear and receive new insight and revelation from my word, says the spirit of grace. If you come with an already made up mind, if you come with an already, I mean, I already know, I already have a preconceived idea. Oh, faith, oh, I already know that. Kingdom of God, I already know that. If you come, oh, so-and-so said this, so I already know that. If you come to, if you're reading the word, it's not just come to service on Sunday. If you're reading the word, or even when you listen to a podcast, if you already have a made up mind, then it's gonna be hard for you to receive anything new from God. Because what you're gonna find out is what they told you is not necessarily, it may not necessarily be, it might be part of it, it's not all of it. How do you know that? Because 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, we know in part and we prophesy in part, which means you don't have the whole thing. You only have a small piece of it. So if you stop with what it is you believe that you already know, there's so much, you will never exhaust the, whole, the word of God. There's always so much more for you to learn. But if you already, ah, I already know that. Ah, I already know that about the revelation stuff. Ah, I already know that. Guess what? You're going to get nothing. You, want, you say, who's an example of that? The Pharisees and Sadducees. They believe they already knew. So when Jesus came to talk to them about the kingdom of God, he didn't, he didn't say, I, I, I destroyed it all. He said, I came to fulfill it. And we can't even feel it. And he started talking to him about the kingdom of God. This is what the word says, but this is what I say. This is what the word says, but this is what I say. What did he do? He added on to what it is that they said they already believed, but they could not receive it. Why? Because they was hard hearted. They couldn't receive it. But God said, I'm gonna give you an opportunity this morning to fix that. If you're interested, if you're interested, he says this. If you truly are ready to receive from me, make this declaration. If you're truly ready to receive from me, make this declaration. See, God, see, this is the thing about God. God never talks to you about an issue unless he already has a solution. It's kind of like last week. 
gonna give you a prime example. God said, I'm, I want to heal the brokenhearted. And we went through the process and he says, but you got to pray for those who despitefully use you, persecute you, and spoken all matter of evil against you. And then he says, and you got to bless them. And everybody was cool with the praying for those who despitefully use you, persecuted you. And but when, when he said bless, some people thought they just did it you know, on the inside, but they really showed it on their face. On their, the devil is a lot. I ain't going to do that. I ain't doing that. And I'm going to tell you, this is what God said about that. He says, if you are open to rebel in one area, that means you're open to rebel in another. See, we think rebellion is just going all crazy, hog wild. Rebellion simply means is you did not do what he told you to do when he told you to do it, the way he told you to do it. Put your rocks there. Because it's the truth anyway. I mean, shoot, I went home and I I, I know because forgive, forgive, cool. Pray for them. All right. Bless them. Oh, the devil is alive. Uh-uh. I ain't quite there yet, Lord. <laughs> you know my heart, Lord. Yeah, your heart is hard. Because when you begin to pray for that individual, when you begin to, I'm going to give you an example. We're going to do it this morning. We're going to do it this morning. Most people will say, man, these people are totally against you. They talk about you. They call you, they call you regressive. They call you repressive. They tell you you're stupid, you're narrow-minded, knuckle-dragging Neanderthals. That's what people say about people who are in the body of Christ. I know, I know people who curse you, talk about you, try to intimidate you with fear and intimidation. But you know what we're going to do for them? We're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for them. Why? Because the only way that they have an opportunity to hear the gospel is to hear it from people who have an open heart, who are willing to operate just like Jesus did. Jesus had haters all over the place. It never stopped him from doing what God called him to do. Because he was cocked and ready to rock. He was focused on what the Father says. So we're going to make this declaration first, and then we're going to we're going to operate in what it is that we we about to say. So if you're truly ready to receive from the Father after everything that you've already heard about not coming with preconceived ideas, theories, thoughts, but coming like a little child with your heart and your mind open to receive from Him, make this declaration after me. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare I'm coming before you. Now, and I'm setting aside every preconceived thought, opinion, reasoning, and even revelation. And I'm opening my heart and mind to you each and every day from this day forward. I give you permission to arrest me when I fall back into old patterns of thinking, reasoning, theories, arguments that exalt themselves above the true knowledge of your word. Have your way in me from this day forward. For I am yours and you are mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, 
I'm going to pray in English. You pray in the Holy Ghost. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I lift up every member involved in the LGBTQT to right now in Jesus' name. Father, I lift up every member of every member of the Liberal Party, Father God, of the Progressive Party, Father God, of the NDP, of the Green Party, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. I lift up Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, every member of Congress, every, every member of, in the Senate, every member in the House of Commons. I lift up every magistrate throughout the nation of Canada right now in Jesus' name. Father, I lift the uh, President-elect Joe Biden, Father God, and Vice President Harris, Father God, and members of the Democratic Party in Jesus' name. I lift up members of the House of Representatives. I lift up the House of, uh, of the Senate, Father God. I lift up the Republican Party, Father God. I lift up the... the I lift up every member that has ever spoken any negative word against the body of Christ, who's persecuted the church, Father God, who spoke all, all spitefully used them and, and used and, and used words against them, Father God. Use the tactics and governments and intimidations against them right now in the name of Jesus. Father, my prayer is in accordance to Ephesians chapter one, Father God, verse 16, where it says, the Father God, that you have given unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that they may come to know what is the true hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe according to the working of your mighty power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and you set him as your own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that is to come father God I'm asking you to dispatch laborers across their path to minister life to them to minister healing to them I'm asking you to forgive them to bless them to increase them father God in the name of Jesus to supply all of their needs father God for it is your goodness that leads a man to repentance father God in in Jesus' name. If they are sick, Father God, I'm asking you to heal them from the crown of their heads to the very soles of their feet. If they're going through stresses and pains and iniquities, Father, I'm asking you to dispatch laborers across their path to minister your love, to minister your life, to minister your, 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 your healing to them right now in the name of Jesus, to minister your word to them in a manner to which they'll be able to receive it, Father God, in Jesus' holy and majestic name. If they are addicted to drugs, Father God, we take authority over that, over that uh, spirit of addiction right now in Jesus name we take authority right now in Jesus name we bind up that, that glutton spirit we bind up that drunken spirit right now in the name of Jesus we bind it in earth therefore it is bound in heaven and we command it to desist and its maneuvers and cease in its operations against them now in the name of Jesus father right now we take authority over the spirit of fear this trying to shame people, to guilt them, to condemn them, Father God, in Jesus' name. We, spirit of fear, we bind your operations right now in Jesus' name. We bind you in earth, therefore you are bound in heaven. We pull you down off of their lives right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we're asking you to let your love be shed abroad in their hearts. Let your, lavish them with your love. Show them your peace. Show them your shalom, Father God, where there's nothing missing, nothing broken, and nothing like it. Come to them in their midnight hour. Give them visions and dreams, Father 
Father God, of the goodness of God and continue to dispatch laborers across their path. Father, we thank you right now that their every need is met with an abundance beside. Father God, give them promotions on their job, but let them see that it's you who has caused them to prosper. Give them promotions in their household. We call back family unity where houses have been divided. We speak to that spirit of division and we bind your operations right now and in the name of Jesus. You will cease and desist in your maneuvers against them now. You will go no further. We call their household healed. We call their household restored. We call them whole. We call their, we call families back together right now in the name of Jesus. Marriages, we call them reunited back together in the name of Jesus. We call it done. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. We believe that it is so. And ministering angels, we dispatch you to go forth to carry out that which we have prayed for in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare this is today that prodigal sons and daughters are coming home. This is the day the people are being restored. This is the day the people will be healed. This is the day the people will be made free. And this is the day, Father God, that you have made. There's a great awakening and the revival has started now in this land. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. We exalt your name on high. In Jesus' name, let us all say amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We call it done in the name of Jesus. We pray for you. We thank you for it, Father. We praise you that it's so. We thank you that it's done. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, God says, I need my people praying for people. You pray against the adversary, but you pray for the people because God, Jesus loved the people as much as he loved us. In fact, he loved us so much that even while they were still dead in their sins, he still sent Christ Jesus to die for them. And what he did for them, he did for you. He did for me. He did for all that we could all be one body, one body, one body. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, yes, sir. Now, the title of this message, if I was to give it a title, is Don't Go Back. Don't Go Back. Now, in accordance to Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, says this way, and I'm reading it from the Amplified. It's, I'm starting in verse 37, it says this, for still a little while, a very little while, and the coming one will come and he will not delay. Who's coming? Jesus. He will not delay. But this is what he says, but the just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his convictions, respect in man's relationship to God and divine things and holy fervor, born of faith and conjoined with it. And if he draws back, so the just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, it says, draws back and shrinks in fear. He says, my soul should have no delight or pleasure in him. Say it again, I will not go back. Don't go back. Don't go back. Now, in accordance to Matthew chapter 24, verse number four says this. It says, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, and it says this. Jesus answered, it says, and at that time, 
Deception will run rampant. Would anybody say deception is running rampant right now? Deception will run rampant. So beware that you are not fooled. For many will appear on the scene claiming my authority or saying about themselves, I am God's anointed. So how, is it, how are they going to be deceived? By people who are coming on the scene saying that I am anointed. But what did Jesus say? He says, beware. Or pay attention. He says that you are not fooled. And he says, when they come and say, I am anointed, he says, and they will lead many astray. And he says, and you will hear of wars nearby and revolutions on every side with more rumors of wars to come. Don't panic. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't panic. Don't panic, don't panic or give in to your fears. So one of the biggest things, one of the biggest uh, components of what's going on with the whole coronavirus deal is fear. It's being baked in on every side, on the news media, from the government, from health officials. Everybody's baking in, baking in. Now, that's not saying this stuff is not going on, because it is going on. But the way that they, they make it sound, if you just, you got it. And that's not, that's, that's not all the way true. But they're baking in fear, baking in fear, baking in fear, baking in fear. But Jesus says, don't panic or give in to your fears for the breaking apart of the world system is destined to happen. What are you seeing going on in front of you right now? The world system is beginning to unravel because of all the, and the sad part is, is by its own doing. Because they're baking in, baking in, baking in, baking in fear, 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 get you so afraid. This is gonna happen, that's gonna happen. This is, by this time next week, 6,000 is gonna happen. By this time, a million gonna happen. And every time they projected those numbers, is never, it has never come to fruition. It's never come to fruition. They say it, hoping you will buy it hook, line, and sinker, and it never comes to fruition. Not once. So Jesus said, don't give in to your fears, because the breaking of the, way of the world system is destined to happen. But it won't yet be the end. It will still be unfolding. Nations, talking about nations, will go to war against each other and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be terrible earthquakes, seismic events of epic proportions. And there will be terrible, uh, what is it? Terrible, no, I missed it. It's an epic proportions, horrible epidemics and famines in places at the place. This is how the first contractions and birth pains of the new age will begin. It's the birth pains and contractions about how the new age will begin. You can expect, who is this talking? Jesus. You can expect to be persecuted. I know that's not popular, but it's what he said. You are going to be persecuted even killed for you will be hated by all the nations because of your love for me. The nation, the many will stop falling after me because of all the famines and the, and the earthquakes and plagues and all this stuff and the persecution is going to go on. Many people are going to become offended and they're going to stop following the only one who's able to do anything about it. Now, how, how much sense does that make? Jesus is the light. 
He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he's the only one who can lead you out of the situation. And he's going to be the very one that you're going to stop following because of all the situation, circumstances that's going on around you. Can I tell you, you just took the bait. The That's the adversary's end goal is to get you to take the bait, to become offended with God. And when you go become offended with God, I get offended with God's people, I get offended with God's word. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to turn from it. You're going to lead to your own emotions. You know what that word E means from? Motion, emotions away from. That's what that word emotion, emotions. So when you give into your emotions because you become offended, then you will turn away from the very one who's, who can do something about your situation. He also goes on and says, he says, not only will they be, stop following me, he said, they'll begin to fall away. He says, they will betray one another. They will hate one another and many lying prophets. That's why God never told you to live by the word of a prophet. Prophets are not the way that, that they treat prophets today. Prophets, to, to foretell the future is only a small part of what it is they're supposed to do. But people treat prophets like they like, you know what it's like? It's like having a, a, a fortune teller. People treat for, prophets like a fortune teller. Go to see a prophet. He'll tell you the fortune is coming. The prophet, the truth, the, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. So if they're not talking about Jesus Christ, if they're not talking about how about things that will, will exhort, uh, edify, and encourage you, you might want to take another look at that. Because I hear people say it all the time. This prophet said this, this prophet said that. I'd be like, okay, but what did the word of God say about that? Well, I don't know, but this is what this prophet said. I don't care who said it. I don't care if I said it. What did the word of God say about that? Prophets are, are members of the body, are part of the fivefold ministry. But if, if you go back and, and search, their main focus is not for, is not, you know, like fortune tellers. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And what happens when they miss it? What you going to do then? You made a decision with your life based off of what this person said. God didn't say nothing to you about it. You can't find it in the word that that's what's going to happen and everything. And you made a decision based off your life off of it, and they were wrong. God never said that. He says, he says, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The prophet is one who's supposed to be speaking on God's behalf, but you can have, it says right here, you can have a prophet, you can have lying prophets. A prophet can give in, be so focused on one area that they can give themselves over to a deceiving spirit because they wanted to be that way so bad. Go back and check through the Old Testament. Talk about it in the New Testament. We're not supposed to live by prophecy. We're supposed to be living according to the word of God. Because anything, because when a prophet comes to you talking about something, if you spend time with God, God would have already shown that to you too. I'm just going to let that sit right there. So many people are getting busted up in their lives trying to live by prophecy. The word never tells you to live by. The word of God says you live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth. 
Where is that at? You're going to find that at. That never changes, that's not conditional, that does not uh, uh, have favoritism towards one or the other. It's all in, in, the, in God's written word. You will find it there. And many line prophets will rise, deceiving multitudes and leading them away from the path of truth. Don't go back. He also says in 1 Peter chapter 5, he says this, he says, I'm reading out of the Amplified. He says this, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8 says this, be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Sober. So if, if, your, if your middle name is Jim Bean, if your middle name is Hennessy, if your middle name is Cavassier, if your middle name is, is Vodka on the Rocks, if whatever your middle name is that, that you spend more time with it, that will cause you not to be temperate or sober of mind, then you are not being compliant with what it is the word of God has to say. I didn't say it. That's what the word says. And if we're going to do it God's way to get God's results, we got to do it God's ways and use God's results. And I'm going to tell you, don't use this as a reason to go beat somebody up because see, 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 see. Because guess what? Every time you point a finger at one person, you got three of them pointing back at you. If a person is missing in an area, we share with them uh, about what the word says it, with the spirit of love. And then we pray for that person. Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. Why? For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion. Didn't say he was a lion. Said he, he goes around like a lion, in fierce hunger, roaring, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. That the word devour is not just to hurt you. That word devour is to chew your life up in such a way that he's licking up, he's sopping up your blood. That's how much he hates you. Simply because you have an opportunity to partake of something that he'll never have an opportunity to do anymore. What he says, he says he's looking to seize upon you and devour. What does it tell you to do? First of all, it tells you to be sober in your mind, to be vigilant and to be cautious at all times. For the enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a, a lion roaring, seeking whom he devours. Seeking, so, seeking someone to seize. He didn't say he could do it to everybody. It says he, he's walking around like a lion looking for somebody who he can devour. How, how's the first way he's going to try to do it? Through, through a lion spirit and through fear. I was talking to a father about this the other day. He said, you want to know what the tool he's using? Fear and intimidation. Fear and intimidation. He's trying to get you in fear and trying to intimidate you so bad that you're so afraid to say anything uh, uh, contrary to what the world is saying that you, you back down in fear. Say, not in my house. Not in this house. We're going to tell the truth no matter what. Tell the, speak the truth only. Why do you tell the truth? Because you love people. I know it ain't always popular, but we're going to tell the truth no matter what. It ain't always popular husbands and wives telling the truth. But I tell you what, you and I was watching the EXO, we was experiencing the EXO conference. Man, if you missed that, you missed God. 
the EXO conference, and man, they had this session on there talk about get naked. And all the people, it was like, woohoo, get naked. But they wasn't talking about physically. It's talking about getting mo naked emotionally, which means you got to expose some stuff. And exposing some stuff, guess what happens? When you expose where you have issues at, the adversary doesn't have a foothold with you. When you expose the fact that you got this going on, and you expose that to God that you got this situation going on, the adversary can't use as, as ammunition against you. Why? Because when you try to cover it up, you're so afraid that somebody's going to find out that you do all kind of crazy stuff to try to prevent them from finding out, and they find out anyway because you're acting crazy. And Man, what's going on with you? So June and I start. I mean, we always talk about stuff, but we really start. We just got more raw talking to each other. And it ain't always comfortable because she might start crying. Heck, I might start crying. Not usually, but I might start crying. I'm, and for a man to expose himself to somebody is a big step. So if he's exposed it to you, don't use it as ammunition against him because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you a quick nugget, marriage counseling, relationship counsel 101. If a man ever begins to open up to you and exposes his heart to you and you take that information and you spin it and use it against him later on in the argument for you to win, he will shut down on you. He will stay in the same house with you. He will continue to live with you. He'll go through the motions with you. But that access to his heart, you just you got a, a, a roadblock, three double-sized chains, five pit bulls, and a great dame standing at that door. If you ever think you'll ever get to that spot again, because you just violated the trust to try to win a war. Wow. 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 And he says. I need you to stop that now. See, a woman can be a husband's greatest, it can be his greatest resource, or she can be his greatest hindrance. A husband can be a wife's greatest resource, or he could be her greatest hindrance. Moving on. And I'm telling you, I, I, I know. Because there's times I am Jewin's greatest resource, and there are sometimes I have been her, her hindrance unaware. And she bring it up to me, and I'm trying to do it in my, make it rest just with my own strength. But Lord, I don't know. You got to show me because I don't know. I don't know. I ain't trying to be crazy. Anyway, moving on. What happens when the adversary tries to tries to seek for you as a like a roaring lion trying to devour your life? If he tries to do it, the first thing you ought to do is withstand him. You can withstand the devil, absolutely. How? Because if you're in the body of Christ, he says, "I've already given you a power, authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you." How do you do it? James chapter 4, 7 says this, resist the devil. So first it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. How do you resist the devil? Satan, I resist you. Fear, I ain't putting up with that. Division, get out of my house in the name of Jesus. And guess what's going to happen? It, it didn't say he, he might want to flee. 
it says when you resist him, resist him means that our, to withhold, stand him means to be firm in faith against his own set, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined. What do you have to do? You have to be firm in your faith, rooted in it, established, strong, unmovable, determined. You ain't having my kids another day. You ain't having my grandkids another day. You ain't having my family another day. You ain't touching my wife another day. You ain't touching our nation another day. You're not touching our church family another day. You understand what I'm saying? You got to be dogmatic. Like, like, like women are at a 50% at a off sales over at the Hudson. They will dive in the pile to get that sweater for 75% off. And will fight you if you try to get it from them. Don't look at me with them judgmental eyes. I know y'all looking, but I ain't paying y'all no attention. <laughs> Knowing that the same identical, see, this is the thing you got to understand. The same identical sufferings are pointed to your brother, to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. So what situations and circumstances that you're going through right now, you're not the only one in the body of Christ that's going through it. But guess what? When we operate as a body jointly fit together and united together as one, if Doug is down, it's my responsibility, not as, as, a, as a, a pastor or an apostle, my responsibility as a member of the body of Christ is to hold him, hold him up. It also goes on to say this, glory to God. It says, and offer you, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts all blessings and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, with himself complete and with himself complete and make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you to him be the dominion and power and authority and rule forever and ever. Amen. So you have an adversary in the last days, you have all these things that are going on around you, but don't be moved. Is it, why? Because the word of God already said that all this stuff is going to happen. Jesus said, don't fear, don't panic, don't give in to your own fear. Why? Because it is certain that the world system is going to begin to fall away. Don't be like one of those ones who get who gets persecuted and then you get offended and then you you turn away and stop following the very one who's able to bring you out. Don't don't get offended and begin to betray one another, hating one another, persecute one another one and open yourself up to hear and receive from lying prophets who will lead you away from the path of truth. I'm, whatever somebody prophesies, man, hey, look in the word. Does that line up with, with chapter and verse? Is there any other examples where that happened in the word? There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. So if it's been done, it has been done before. If it's the first time you ever heard it, put it on the shelf. Don't make no decisions off of it. And even if, the, even if it's something, yep, that, that's what it is that you heard before. God said to you, your responsibility as a believer is to go back to God. How does this apply to my life today? Does this apply to my life today? And be open to receive revelation on it. 
I, I know whole groups following out the prophets and following out the chasing out the prophetic words. Nowhere do you find in scripture. Nowhere do you find in scripture the, at the early church and the under the oak. Do you see people supposed to be chasing after that? Nowhere. It doesn't say that. And what will happen is you will get you you will get knocked upside your head. And you'll make a lot of decisions, emotions, and particularly, and see, this is the danger about it is, is if it's, if it's something that you're passionate about, if somebody is speaking a word, prophesying, and that, yeah, 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 whew, I was waiting on that word. But there's been a lot of words that's been spoken. There's a lot of voices in the earth right now. And a lot of people are off. And people are prophesying stuff, and it's after their own passions. It doesn't line up with the word. And can I tell you something else about prophets? All the way back in the Old Testament, they never got their timing right. They never get the timing right because they only got a glimpse. They don't have the whole picture. I'm telling you. You will mess your life up chasing out the prophetic words all the time. I got to go get a prophetic word. I got a prophetic word for you. Read your Bible. I got a prophetic word for you. Get before God and let him, because God says, think about this for a second. Prophets in the Old Testament was able to prophesy because they had the Holy Spirit upon them and the other people did not. When you get born again now, you get the same source of the Holy Spirit that the prophet got. You get the Holy Spirit. Guess where the Holy Spirit lives? On the inside of you. You need a word from the Lord? James 1 says this, Father, I don't have, if a man lacks wisdom, let him go ask it of God. At, go ask it of who? God. Who? God. Who? God. And what will that, what will God do? Give it to them, give them wisdom, knowledge with understanding so they can apply it to their life for whatever situation, circles that's going on. What do I need to know, Father, concerning the situation with the coronavirus? What, what do I need to know? If you spend daily fellowship time with the Father, you don't have to chase out the prophet because whatever he knows, God's going to share it with you at the level where you're at and tell you what you need to do for your particular land where you have jurisdiction over. Look in the look in the in the New Testament and look at how they how they got instruction from God. They did not chase out the prophets. God's word never says to do that. There are prophets. I know people who are prophets. That's not how they operate. It's not a forecast. It's not, it's not a fortune teller. The testimony is to testify about Jesus Christ. Do you know that God is able to accomplish his plan and purposes in the earth, it doesn't matter who's sitting in the White House or who's sitting in Parliament. I'm gonna tell you something Jesus, the Lord shared with me on my way here. I'm gonna share with you. I thought this was, I told him he was a genius. Did you remember when Jesus was on the earth? 
Did you know that all the crazy stuff that's going on and even crazier than, than right now was going on when Jesus was on the earth? Do you ever read anywhere where he went to a government official, to Caesar, to Potiphar? Do you ever read where he ever did any of that? What did he do? He went to the people. Because when you talk about who, how did these people get into the White House or how did these people get into parliament or whatever the case may be, because in our democratic system, people vote them in. You want to change people's votes? You want to change people's mindsets? Teach, do what we talked about last week. Matthew 28, 18. Go and make disciples, teach followers, students, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and do what? Teach them the very things that Jesus has taught you. If you teach the people the, about the kingdom of God and kingdom of God way of thinking, and when they go to vote or when they go to vo uh, voice their opinion about a situation or circumstance, how do you think they're going to be speaking? According to the kingdom of God. How do you think they will vote? According to the kingdom of God. They're not voting party lines. Because I don't know about y'all, but I, 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 some of the people who have been in the parties that I've voted for, they were cro more crooked than the people we didn't vote for, than the party that we didn't vote for. We get so stuck on party lines and, and par God says, I need you to be focused on me. Let me lead you. Let me guide you. Pharaoh obeyed God and let the people go. He was a heathen. But you also had people who rose up who were supposed to do it God's way, and they didn't do it God's way. I'm telling you, in these last days, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. And he also said this to me yesterday. He says, are people, do you believe people are more committed to their denominations and parties, or do you believe they're more committed to me? I'm like, whoa. People are more committed to denominations and their own political parties, because if God told you to vote for this person, but they're not in your group, who are you going to obey? You don't have the answer. It's just a question. That's where we're at. That's why he's, and one, the whole don't back down part is, is this, and we're going to close here. I got two minutes. And then we're going to do a communion. Acts chapter, whoa. Okay. I'm going to set it up. Don't back down. Acts chapter 4, verse 1 says this. The teaching and, and the teaching and preaching of Peter and John angered the priest, the captain of the temple police, and representatives of the Jewish sect of Sadducees. They were furious that the people were being taught that Jesus taught that in Jesus there is resurrection from the dead. So while Peter and John were still speaking, the Jewish authorities came to the temple courts to oppose them. 
They had been arrested. They had them arrested. And since it was already evening, they kept them in custody until the next day. Yet there were many in the crowd who believed the message, bringing the total number of men who believed to nearly 5,000. The next day, many Jewish leaders, religious scholars, and elders of the people convened a meeting in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there with Caiaphas, John Alexander, and others who were members of the high priest family. They made Peter and John stand in front of the council as they questioned them, saying, tell us, by what power and authority have you done these things? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered, respected elders and leaders of the people, listen, are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? Well, then you and everyone in, else in Israel should know that it is by the power of the name of Jesus that the crippled man stands here today, completely healed. You, you crucified Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but God raised him from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that you, the builders, have rejected, and now he has become the cornerstone. There is no one else who has the power to save us, for there is only one name to whom God has given authority by which we must experience salvation, the name of Jesus. The council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold carriage of Peter and John, especially when they considered that these that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training. Then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. Pause and think about that. Standing there with them was the healed man, and there was nothing further they could say. So they ordered them to leave the room while they discussed the matter. Among themselves, they said, what should we do with these men? Everyone in Jerusalem can clearly see that they've performed a notable sign and wonder. We cannot deny that, but to keep this propaganda from spreading any further among the people, let's threaten them severely and warn them to never speak to anyone in this name again. Can anybody say nothing new? Nothing new. It's the same thing that's going on today. So they had so they had them brought back in before the council and they commanded them to never teach the people or speak again using the name of Jesus. But Peter and John re replied, you can judge for yourselves. Is it better to listen to you or to God? It is impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things we've seen and heard. Since the members of the council couldn't come up with a crime, they could not punish them for punish them for. They threatened them once more and let them go. Can you say there's nothing new? It's the same thing that's going on today. All the people praised God and thrilled over the miraculous healing of the crippled man and the man who received this miracle sign of healing was over 40 years old. As soon as they were released, this is what Peter and John did after they had been 
questioned, after they had been, been brought before the council, after they had been threatened more than one time. Can y'all say the similarity between this and Matthew 24? This is what's gonna happen. This is what I'm telling you. Now, this is supposed to be our response. As soon as they re were released from custody, Peter and John went to their other believers and explained all that had happened with the high priest and the elders. Now, when they got with their, they went to their own company, and when they got to their own company, they went and told them about the situation they just experienced. What did their bro fellow brothers do, brothers and sisters do? When the believers heard their report, they raised their voices in unity and prayed. They didn't murmur. They didn't complain. They didn't rehearse it. They heard what was said. They heard what was done. And what did they do? They raised their voices in unity and they began to pray. Lord Yahweh, you are, and how did they start it off? You are the Lord of all. You created the universe, the earth, the sky, the sea, and everything that is in it. What did they do? They went back to the word. Everything is in it. And you spoke by the Holy Spirit through your servant, David. Now, he, they're quoting, all of them are quoting Psalms chapter 2. Our forefathers saying, how dare the nations plan a rebellion, ranting and raging against the Lord most high. Their foolish plots are futile. What's our spot supposed to be? Who are these uncircumcised Philistines that decide to come against the, the army of the Lord? Their plots, their schemes, their rules is futile. Their plots against us is futile. Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the kings of the earth take their stand with the rulers scheming and conspiring together against God and his anointed Messiah. Can anybody say same thing going on today? It's the same thing. That's why I'm telling you, there's nothing new under the sun. I didn't get this prophetic word from somebody. God said this. He said, turn to chapter four. I'll show you what's going on today. In fact, Harold and Pontius Pilate, along with Jews and non-Jews, met together to take their stand against your holy servant, Jesus the Messiah. They did to him all that your purpose and will had determined according to the destiny that you had marked out for him. So, so now after they came together in prayer, they spoke God's word and put God back in remembrance. This is what they said. Now, I'll, now since we have said all this, this is, what, this is what we want you to do. Kill him, Lord. Kill him, Burn him up right now. No. They said, now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hands of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. At that moment. What did they say? Don't give us, don't let us back up, Lord. Give us more power. Give us more boldness. Give us more authority. Father, as we go forth and speak your word with freedom, with boldness and, and courageously, and stretch forth your hands to heal these people, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that they will glorify your son, Jesus. 
At that moment, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. What was it that they threatened to do? You bet not tell nobody else about that, Jesus. What did they do? God, give me more boldness to speak about what? That word of Jesus and confirm your word with signs and wonders following. It's the same thing as Mark 16 says, and when you go forth and preach the gospel, these signs will follow you. You shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. You'll speak with new tongues. You'll cast out devil. If you take up anything, it shall not harm you. Do y'all see what I'm saying about the word? The word will support itself. The word will direct you how, what to do, when to do, when you allow yourself to be open to it. Don't back down. Resist the adversary. When he comes up against you, resist him, and he will flee. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody walking or talking unless you've been so assigned. If you have never accepted Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, if you've been on the outside, and there's no such thing as a, as a not unbeliever or non-believer, they believe in something. When you say they're an unbeliever, they're unbelieving in the, in, the, in the gospel of the kingdom or the gospel about the fact that Jesus went to the cross, carried their sins, and carried all their burdens for them. But you could change all that right now. Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10 says this. It says, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you would like to, be, to enter into a right relationship with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ right now, I'd like you to offer you to repeat this prayer after me. Simply say, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for me on the cross and carried my burdens for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sins. I'm sorry, Lord. I accept your awful forgiveness. Holy Spirit, fill me to overflow with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. I receive it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, if this is your first time or if you rededicate your life, we want to thank God for you and welcome you back into the kingdom of God. Welcome you back into the family. What's your next step? Your next step is getting into a Bible-based church that teaches about the death, burial, resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and also about the blood of Jesus and how to apply it to your everyday life. Man, like the title of this message says, don't go back. Don't go back to the things of yesterday. Don't go back to those things that have kept you bound. And what you and what most people do is they accept Jesus as their savior, but they don't accept him as Lord because they haven't allowed their minds to be renewed by the word of God. So they'll know how to apply the word to their everyday life. So work well, faithful life now, Ignite Depot soon uh, is a place for you to be able to connect with us every week by way of uh, online or to connect with us um, on, on site 
so that you will be able to be fed in your spirit by the word of God that will renew your mind, that you might be able to prove for yourself what is that good, acceptable,